afternoon. She needed to pick up a few yards of cheap calico fabric to make some quickie cloth napkins. All hours were stained, and the prayer group ladies might notice. Prayer group consisted of Mom, four or five of her friends from church, and a Catholic priest named Father Donatello. The purpose of the meeting seemed more social than worshipful. The first order of business was grousing about the damn hippies who had taken over St. Lucy's, and how things were so much better before Vatican II, when priests said Mass in Latin, and women wore doilies on their heads. Pamphlets were distributed, or bookmarks embossed with a holographic saint. Lunch, usually a gourmet casserole, was served, but merely picked at if eaten at all. Hard liquor was poured. Piety drifted into levity, and levity exploded into ribaldry. Dance steps were demonstrated. Cigarettes were French-inhaled. When one of us kids got hungry or injured, the party would break up. Everyone staggered out to a chorus of, Best prayer group ever! God love you! My mother was a nervous wreck whenever prayer group was at our place. About a week before, she'd launch her campaign for me and my three sisters to pitch in and clean up the house. How did it get so bad? Mom would say, kicking a path through the thick blanket of clothes, toys, and assorted paper products on our floors. So bad? It was never good. Our house was always a mess. Banks of detritus built up against the walls, as though blown there by gale-force winds. You'd need a rake, possibly a pickaxe, to make a dent in it. The night before prayer group, Mom began the preparations for her signature classy entree, eggplant parmesan. She sliced and salted and stacked layers of eggplant between clean cloth diapers and cast iron skillets to leach out the extra juice, as she so appetizingly put it. In the morning, she assembled the dish, layering the now brownish eggplant, Hunt's tomato sauce, an entire green can of Kraft Parmesan cheese, and liberal sprinklings of dried Italian seasoning. The whole thing was topped with long-ignored mozzarella slices from the back of the fridge, trapezoid-shaped from having their moldy edges trimmed off. When she took it out of the oven, it had all coalesced into a rust-colored plank that drew rave reviews from adults and suspicious no-thanks from children. We knew a napkin filler when we saw it. It was the perfect dish to serve when you wanted the kids to buzz off so you could live it up and pray. When we got home, Mom laid the calico out on the dining room table and started to mark off squares with her fabric pencil. She looked up at the clock. Damn it, I won't have time to base the edges. I'm just going to have to use my pinking shears. The heavy, black-handled pinking shears would give the napkins a snazzy zigzag edge that, in a pinch, was an acceptable alternative to a finished seam. Where are my pinking shears? Sarah? I was the last one to get caught with the pinking shears. The day before, I had used them to trim my little sister Hannah's bangs into a nice, jagged brim. Standing back to admire my styling skills, I nicknamed her Cappy on the spot. She burst into tears when she looked in the mirror. Initially, I played dumb. What's wrong, Cappy? I look stupid, 
Hannah wailed. Ah, it's okay, Cappy, I said. I couldn't even sell myself on this one. She did look terrible. Worse, she looked poor. Though Hannah's face was nicely tanned after a summer of playing outside, her new shelf of bangs revealed a strip of fresh white skin that underlined, practically illuminated, their crisp triangular edge. I don't have the pinking shears. You took them away and hid them, remember? I said. An accusatory tone flavored my voice. Maybe Mom would think twice before stifling my budding creativity again. She flared her nostrils. Is that potty? I smell potty. Potty was our family word for the actual turd, the feces, the shit, the log. It was never potty or potty.